0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: You're listening to Measured Thoughts on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is David Reapstein. Welcome back. I'm Dave Reepstein, and this is Measured Thoughts, and you're listening to Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on SiriusXM. 132, And it's Valentine's Day week, and love is in the air. So we we had in the first part of the program, we had Russell Stover, who dominates the box chocolate business, and that's part of Valentine's Day. But then the other part of Valentine's Day is thinking about flowers. And so it seems natural that we would be talking to Chris McCann, who's the CEO of 1-800-Flowers.com. And uh, let's just jump into it. So, Chris, welcome. Glad to have you on the program. I'm thrilled
0: to be here, David, and you're right, Valentine's Day, it's a a great time of year, and what a special day it is, right? I mean, people get together to celebrate love, romance, all levels of relationships with each other, so it's a great time of year. We have lots of fun with it, and we take care of lots and lots of customers, obviously.
1: I I bet you do. It is, you know, everybody feels happy at Valentine's Day, and it's a time for, you know, people to be sharing – people to be feeling in love. So uh, what a great business you're in to sort of be sharing that moment and being part of that moment for everybody.
0: Yeah, we feel very fortunate. You know, it was my daughter who taught me a number of years ago. She said, Dad, you're very lucky. You get to go to work every day knowing you're making thousands of people smile. And on Valentine's Day, it's thousands of thousands of people smiling that we get a chance to do. So everybody in the company understands our mission is to deliver smiles on behalf of our customers, And everybody takes pride in that. And it's it's really nice to see.
1: Yeah. As Mark was talking about, his job is trying to make people happy and you're bringing smiles on people's uh, uh, faces. And uh, gosh, well, you know, uh, what a great holiday it is, but what a great business you're in. And your daughter's absolutely right. Now, tell us a little bit about your background, because as I understand it, you've been at 1-800-Flowers for 35 years. So how'd you get there? And did you start as a grower or, you know, where did this start?
0: So it's a little bit of a funny story. Uh, I grew up in an entrepreneurial business. My father had a painting and contracting business. And I'm the youngest of five siblings. My brother, Jim, is the oldest. And when I was 15, I guess he was about 24 or 25 at the time, he happened to buy a flower shop on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Uh, And I remember it vividly because it was around April, it was April 1st of 1976, and he went and bought this flower shop. So naturally, Easter was coming up, and we had to go help him out in the store for Easter. So on that hot, blazing, 100-degree day, when all my friends were going to the beach, I had to get on a subway and go into New York to peddle some flowers. So I started out not liking this business. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That is Interesting. But but then I, I, I went off to college and I was planning on being a lawyer as a political science major at Marist College and planned on being a lawyer. But when I came right out of school, I said, well, I don't want to go right into law school, so let me see what else I might do. Worked in my father's business for a short time. Then the Christmas holidays came along. I worked in the flower business helping Jim out. And in January of 84, he said, hey, why don't we give it a shot working together? He said, I said, Jim, I wasn't planning on being a florist, but why? What do you see here? He said, said, it's a highly fragmented business. It's a lot of small mom and pops in the business. There's no McDonald's. There's no Holiday Inn. He says, I think we have a chance to build something big. And lo and behold, he was right. So I kind of consider I became an accidental florist along the way.
1: So uh, first of all, does that flower shop still exist?
0: Uh, no, it doesn't. We, we had it for a long time, but it no, unfortunately it no longer exists. It was a very small shop, too. It was one of those shops where you had to step outside just to change your mind.
1: <laughs> so so how did you go from the flower shop to becoming the CEO of 1-800-Flowers?
0: Well, my brother and I, we had a great time building this business. And one of the things that we did is we understood how technology could transform businesses, because we learned it as we did it. So we started out, and we kind of say we've gone through four waves of change, and I think we're in the fifth wave now. And when we first started, it was brick-and-mortar stores. When I first joined Jim, he had 12 shops, and he was only in the business part-time. He had a full-time job as a social worker. Hmm. Um, So then the next thing he he likes to tell the story. The next thing he knew, we had three shops when he put me in charge of them. What it usually leaves out is that we were doing more business and more profits out of those three than we were out of the 12 because the consumer had started to change. They started to finally embrace a technology called 800-Service. And they started calling on the telephone and getting comfortable calling and having orders delivered. And we were fortunate to get the phone number 1-800-Flowers and disrupted the floral industry and transformed our company overnight onto a national stage. And we rode that wave of the second wave of telephonic commerce for a number of years. But early on, as we were growing the business, we saw a new technology coming along that we didn't know a lot about, but we knew if it worked, and if somebody else got it, they could disrupt us like we did the industry. So we said, well, if anyone's going to do, disrupt us, let it be ourselves. And we got involved in online services. We launched our first store on CompuServe in 1991. Wow. We were the first merchant to sell any product of any kind on AOL in 1994, Is that right? uh, Yeah. We launched our first website on the Netscape technology in 95. Wow. So we were very early to the game. And by 97, I'd say the consumer really voted that the World Wide Web was the winning technology platform. And then we rode the wave of e-commerce right into the 2000s. And then I'd say in the mid-2000s, we saw another technology and said, okay, we better get experimenting here. And we started experimenting with mobile and really the combination of mobile and social. And we realize, we all know that that has completely transformed the way we live, the way we communicate with each other, yet, of course, the way we shop, but it's transformed our lives tremendously. So mobile and social commerce was the fourth wave of change for our company, to the point where today, in a holiday like Valentine's Day, uh, more than half of our traffic will be coming from mobile devices, and very small percent coming on the telephone. Um, so so we continue to do that. Today, I think we're in the early days of the fifth wave of change.
1: Oh, I'm we'll waiting see. to hear this. I'm waiting to hear what this, this next wave is.
0: Okay, so wait for it, wait for it. Okay. <laughs> conversational Let's... commerce. Uh, and conversational commerce, we got involved probably about three years ago now. It was April of 16. We launched a chatbot on Facebook Messenger. Two weeks after that, we launched on Amazon's Alexa platform. And two weeks after that... Right in the heart of Mother's Day, we launched Gwen, uh, our own AI-powered gift concierge. And we've been experimenting in the world of conversational commerce ever since and really starting to see customer adoption. And I I say conversational commerce was born out of the confluence of a number of different technologies. Wow. Big data,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh,
0: Analytics, specifically predictive analytics, uh, artificial intelligence. And then, of course, voice as the new interface of the future. So here it is coming all the way back to where we started as a telephone number, and now we're talking to each other again, except that computers are involved.
1: (laughs) Wow. I mean, so, by the way, it's so funny because I think, you know, when I introduced you as 1-800-Flowers, and it really is 1-800-Flowers.com, that, you know, I don't think people would be expecting that you're all about technology and yet I recognize you had received some award for being uh, in the top 100 hot uh, internet retailers and that you've always been at the forefront of any of the technology. Uh, one, of the, one of the very first with an 800 service. And then you go through and, and talk about e-commerce and doing it online. And now this whole thing with um, voice-activated big data analytics with artificial intelligence, so I, you know, this isn't where I was going to go with this conversation, but I got to learn more about it. So, what exactly is this? And you said you call it Gwen? Is that so? Or...
0: Gwen, Gwen was a AI powered gift concierge that we launched, and it was an acronym, of course, that stood for gifts when you gifts when you need um gwen i would say was an early launch of ours she's now kind of been retired for for right now while we iterate on the product take the learning that we have which goes back to as you mentioned the company that we are and driven by technology we take a lot of pride that people look at us especially i remember an investor in our company said to me after a presentation he said chris you know I look at your company more as, not so much as a gift company, but more as an innovation company extending your footprint across the gifting continuum. And I took that as a great compliment, it's because we get involved in new technologies, and we, the, the acronym we use that guides us internally is ELAC, E-L-A-C, engage early, learn, adapt, and then commercialize. And that's what we're doing in this world of conversational commerce. So, for example, right now, we have programs on Apple Business Chat, Amazon's Alexa, Google's Assistant, Samsung's Bixby, which we just launched this week, and Facebook Messenger. We're the only company I know of that's on all five of those platforms.
1: Wow. And, and so, basically, I say to Alexa, what is it I would say to, to Alexa to order flowers?
0: Say, Alexa, you know order flowers from 1-800-Flowers, and and she'll take you right into the skill set, and you'll be able to place an order. It uh, makes it easier and easier if you have an account with us because then we have all your addresses, although it makes it easier now since we launched. You can use the address book that's in Amazon that you have from your recipients. You can use Amazon Pay, so it works very well. We just, we just integrated Google Pay into our Google Assistant app. So what, that's what we're trying to do is just... Constantly reduce the friction, because our job is to help our customers express, connect, and celebrate with all of the people in their lives. And the easier we can make it for them, the more enjoyable their life is.
1: Yeah, yeah you're one of the most progressive guests that I've ever had on this program. I I love it. It's just amazing how you're always moving to that next level. I, I can't wait to hear what that sixth edge you know, and wave is going to be. Uh, So very, very exciting. Let me remind our audience, you're listening to Measured Thoughts on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. You can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. We're currently talking to the innovative CEO of 1-800-Flowers.com. That's Chris McCann. And I I will say, Chris, you are educating me about a business that uh, I had no idea was so advanced technologically, so let me reel it back for a second and talk about valentine 's day okay, and great. and what it is that you guys are doing um, around valentine 's day and then how you're taking advantage of all this technology
0: sure so valentine 's Day, as I said, is just a wonderful time of year for us, and especially for our floral business. But really what we've learned from the different technologies we've used, from, for example, when we were on CompuServe all those years ago, what I, one of the things I learned was customers weren't coming to us only because they wanted flowers. They needed to send a gift. And over the years in speaking and dialoguing, having dialogue with and doing customer research, our customers told us what are the other products they most likely use, and it's all gourmet food gifts. So we have a family of brands now on what we consider this celebrations platform or celebrations ecosystem that we've built. Brands like Harry and David, Cheryl's Cookies, Simply Chocolate, and all, all three of those food brands are very busy for Valentine's Day as well.
1: And the Popcorn Clearly, Factory?
0: The Popcorn Factory is another wonderful brand of ours, right? And uh, but clearly, as Valentine's Day, it's all about the flowers brand, and one eight hundred flowers is just in a great position as a company. We've had we have some nice wind in our sails right now. We have some nice growth acceleration taking place. And as we move into the Valentine's Day holiday, we have a great day placement this year because last year Valentine's was on a Wednesday. This year it's on a Thursday, so we have an extra selling and delivery day in in this week. Uh, So we think we're in a great spot. As a company, David, we create about 20 million gifts a year, and about 1 million of those would be for Valentine's Day.
1: Well, that's uh, pretty amazing. One of the things that I think is great, and I think it's an advantage that you have over – the last guess that I had that my guess is more than 5% of their business is around Valentine's day is because of this portfolio of, of of products that you have, it sort of smooths out some of your demand and and that works to your advantage.
0: It does. And, the 1-800-Flowers brand especially has always been an everyday business. So even though we have spikes for the in the flowers business like Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, if you take those two holidays and combine them, they don't equal our number one occasion, which is birthday, which is an everyday engine. Right. So what we've been doing is taking the learnings that we've learned over the years at 1-800-Flowers about the everyday occasions of birthday, anniversary, sympathy even, and we're applying those learnings to all our gourmet food brands, which used to really only be focused on the holiday season. And now, we're, now that each of those brands are having double-digit growth in birthday, thank you, just because occasions. And it's really great to see. And you're right; it helps kind of flatten out some of that seasonality in our business.
1: So I, I will tell you that I'm a heavy uh, customer of yours. I end up using the Popcorn Factory every year around uh, for. Uh, Actually, I use it for Halloween and I always hand out popcorn balls that come from the popcorn factory. And I also sometimes send to my kids uh, cans of popcorn for Valentine's Day. Uh, So I do that. But I also send Harry and David's gifts all the time. And I order 1-800-Flowers, you know, quite frequently. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested in how you use that data. Um, and how you're trying to take, you know, recognize I'm a customer, and be able to go back and remind me, and uh, and capitalize on that.
0: Oh, well, first off, thank you for being such a great customer. Well, thank you. And a model customer for us because really our underlying strategy here of this ecosystem that we have, besides getting the operational leverage out of one technology platform, one manufacturing platform, one distribution platform, the real strategy is to introduce our customers to this family of brands. Because what we see when we do that is when you start to buy from more than one brand, you realize we can solve more and more of your gifting needs. And you really go after what we, we go after then, what we call our North Star metric. For us, it's all about frequency how often does the customer come back to our brands? Because when they do, we see they buy more often. Their their average uh, purchases per year increase by about three and a half times. Their retention rate increases by about 40 to 50 percent increase in retention rate. And then that drives an increase in lifetime value for us. So we utilize the data and the knowledge of what you've purchased before to try and make it easy for you. So one of the Great marketing programs. We kind of have two names. It's a very similar program. Simple gift reminders, reminding you that last year you sent popcorn to your son or your daughter, and would you like to do so again for this occasion? Or from Harry and David, you know, we call it a gift list, and that's really especially from around the holiday time. And here's the 10 people you sent to last year. Here's the 10 gifts that you sent. Here's the card messages. Would you like to just do so again? Yes, one click, and you're done. And that's what we're trying to do. And then we look also and try and analyze: Well, a customer of Harry and David, which brand are they most likely to buy from next? And then we'll try and market or cross merchandise. Maybe it's the Cheryl's brand for you.
1: That was we'll... exactly the question I was going to ask you next. Just trying to think about some of the cross-selling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and so you are you are looking at it, and people who buy from uh, from uh, Harry and David's are also likely to buy from you know, from uh, from your cookie brand, Cheryl's. Correct.
0: And some people, it might be from the Cheryl's brand. It might be from the Popcorn Factory brand. But looking to do what's next. So it's always just trying to make our marketing more personalized and more relevant by utilizing the data that you as a consumer is giving me permission to do. And, and we find customers love that. When, we, when we're when we able to execute it and execute it well, they love it. And it really creates a, uh, that 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 loyalty or stickiness.
1: So we've got just about a minute left. I want to ask a, a question about how is it that you're able to continue to you know, reinvent yourself and continue to go to that next wave?
0: Well, we've been very fortunate, I think, because of the entrep- entrepreneurial nature of our company and the way we were founded, that we've been able to create this culture of innovation that, that new people add to all the time. That's what I love about bringing new people into the company. They add to that culture, and that begets a culture of reinvention. And we're very fortunate that we have those kind of people on our team.
1: Wow. Um, Chris, I've got to tell you, I heard you talking about uh, thinking about the lifetime value of a customer. And I assume you're looking at that across your different businesses. I hear you talking about retention. I I hear you're thinking about the cross-selling and everything that you do. I'm so, so impressed by what it is you're doing. Thank you very, very much for joining us on the program um, as I said, you're one of the most impressive guests I've ever had on this program, and I, I say that with all sincerity. And for those of my listeners that have been with the, with me over the last several years, you know this is the first time that I've said that. So, um, have a great Valentine's Day, and and uh, best of success with that.
0: Well, thank you, and happy Valentine's Day to you and all your listeners. So, thank you very much, David. It's a nice compliment.
1: Well, well, thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate it. Well. Wow, I got to tell you, um, I, I, in all sincerity, was really impressed by Chris. I thought he was just amazing, and what they're doing at one one uh, eight hundred flowers dot com, um, they are innovators. They're using technology, and it's not what you would have thought from the flower business. And so, very, very impressed. So, both of our guests were fantastic and perfect for Valentine's Day, and love is definitely in the air. So, uh, both Mark and Chris. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. i also like to thank Program Director Patty Hall, Producer uh, Matthew Datz, and our Sound Engineer Jeff Simmons. I'm Dave Reepstein, and you've been listening to Measure Thoughts on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, on Sirius XM 132.
0: For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.